Which Saints are we going to see this Sunday at Bank of America Stadium? Is it going to be the Saints team that played the fourth quarter in Atlanta, found a way to win? Or is it going to be the Saints team that found a way to lose last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, Jeff Duncan's going to answer all those questions coming up on Datitude next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? Hello to all my friends around the state, around the country, wherever you may be listening, who are avoiding spaghetti because you've seen enough of the spaghetti models on TV the past couple days. What in the hell? It's September, for God's sake. The end of September. We don't want to see spaghetti models. I mean, it's time for that stuff to wind in. I thought we got lucky. Yeah, maybe we are. Maybe we aren't. But we're going to be thinking about football, at least for the next few days. Hello, everybody. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the advocate at bet.nola.com. And this is Datitude, episode number 94. Man, I can't even spit it out. 94 for a Friday, September the 23rd, 2022. And uh, before we get into everything, I just want to say thank you to you loyal listeners because this coming week, will, and I'll talk about it again next week, but this coming week marks one year since we started this show last year. I got to go look up the date. I think it was like September 25th or 26th, something like that, with Stan Verrett. Episode number one was with ESPN Stan Verrett. Got this whole thing kicked off. We have had some great guests over the course of 12 months and uh, this show has taken off better than I even expected or hoped so um, we thank you for listening in I know I have a a, quite a few regulars that listen on the podcast portion we're now doing live shows on Friday every 9 15 a.m. on Friday with Jeff Duncan during the football season it has been fun again Mondays we do a wrap-up show of the game that you just saw and then Thursday, Uncle Big Nick comes on, and we do our NFL and college picks for the week. So if you missed any of that, you can go check that out. All on major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. You can, you're obviously listening to this one. You can go back and listen to any of the other ones if you want to. We've had some great guests, including Mickey Loomis, Dale Brown, uh, David Baker has been on the show. Jim Mora was one of my favorites. It's been fun. So any one of those you want to listen to? Or actually, rather, we'd rather you just listen to this one first and then go back and listen to the other ones because we're going to have fun with it. All right, Saints at Panthers in week three this Sunday. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about LSU New Mexico and a little bit about Tulane Southern Miss with Dunk. But uh, obviously the focus here on Datitude this week is Saints at Panthers. And it's going to be an interesting game for sure. Um, No spoiler alerts if you haven't seen my prediction yet 
or listen to my prediction on Thursday's show, you're going to get it at the end of the segment with Dunk, uh, the live portion that we were that we also record and actually put in here as well. Uh, but um, look, I, I I don't make any bones about it. This is as close to a must win as you can have in week three. When you look at the schedule that's upcoming for the Saints and going to London and playing a Minnesota team, this Saints team, frankly, doesn't match up well against. Doesn't mean they can't win. Um, but And I know right now I think the Vikings are a one-point favorite, but – I think that's kind. I think that's going to change. Well, a lot depends on what happens this weekend. Vikings are hosting the Detroit Lions before they go off to London. The Saints, the NFL did them no favors. They got to go to Carolina, and they're going straight to London afterward. So, But you got to be focused on this one, and I am super interested to see how the Saints come out of this one after the way they finished last Sunday. And being in that locker room and seeing those, you know, there were a lot of heads down. There were players that didn't want to talk. And, uh, I mean, I don't, I'm don't. i not trying to single out anyone in particular, but, you know, for me it was weird to see Demario Davis not want to talk to anybody. I mean, you're talking about the captain of the defense. I mean, it was, it was a big letdown at the, in that fourth quarter when the Saints had the Buccaneers on the ropes and should have won that football game. I talked about it on Monday. I'm not going to rehash my feelings on how that happened. But the most interesting thing to me is going to be how this game starts, how the Saints start against the Panthers, because if they're going to win, they're going to come out hot. I'm not saying they need to be up 10 to nothing or something like that, but you'll be able to tell. I think body language, the way they move the football, is Jameis better? If he's not better, are they willing to pull the plug? Lots of questions going into this one. And we're going to have them answered because we're going right to Jeff Duncan as we replay you the live portion of the show. Again, every 9.15 a.m., all NOLA.com and bet.nola.com media platforms on Facebook and on YouTube. You can hear it live. And if you missed it, here it is now. All right, let's talk a little bit before we get into the Saints. I do want to touch on LSU and Tulane. And I want to get your thoughts on what you saw last week. LSU, to me... Brian Kelly did, did an outstanding job, at Dunk, at halftime, making adjustments and making those changes. And I think Mississippi State actually is a better team than LSU. But I was really impressed with the adjustments they made, the adjustments that Jaden Daniels made as well. The defense played much better in the second half. The whole this air raid uh, team down to this you know, few points they did, under 20 points, is kind of an incredible job. They did. Uh, I thought the defense played great, like situational football. I think they stopped them a number of times on fourth down, third and short. It seemed like State would get a nice gain on first and second down, and then they'd have third and short, fourth and short, and they they couldn't uh, convert. <clears throat> That's a credit to the LSU coaching staff. I think you, we're seeing some of the early signs of what Scott Woodward wanted in yeah. the head coaching position, right? I mean. He's put together an excellent staff, and we see these in-game adjustments. Same thing happened in the Florida State game. And I think we're seeing that Florida State's better than everybody thought. I mean, they're going to have a good season. So uh, I think you have to be encouraged if you're an LSU fan. Uh, some of the games that looked really intimidating early on with going to Florida and going to Texas A&M don't look quite as intimidating right now. So a lot to look forward to in the SEC slate. Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, you know, I, I – I really like what I see out of LSU so far. I think this is a team that's going to get better 
as the season gets along. And it's a transition year. I mean, if, they, if this team wins seven games and they, they've done what they're, they're supposed to do this season, a lot of LSU fans with unrealistic expectations. But, you know, you go in SEC play, you beat Mississippi State. If you can win this week and beat Auburn next week and start out 4-1 and one and grab yourself three more wins along the way because – you know, frankly, I think they can beat Florida. I think they can beat they can beat Arkansas and Texas A and M. Whether they will or not, we'll find out. But uh, you know, there are certain games on the schedule that you aren't going to win. You're probably not going to beat Tennessee. You're, you're almost certainly not going to beat Alabama, and something fluky happens. So we'll see. Uh, just just get better as you go along, and I think that's what Brian Kelly's trying to do. Hey, I tell you, the other thing that I think is really impressive is they've decided as a staff to just go with these two true freshman tackles. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that takes some gumption, right? And both of them played very well against State. They're only going to get better. They're both obviously extremely talented. Uh, but that, that takes some uh, onions, as they say, to go in the SEC with true freshman tackles. And uh, I think those guys have bright futures. But it also speaks to where the program was, the fact that you're having to use true freshmen on your offensive line. Uh, you certainly would like to have them groomed uh, you know, with a year or two in the strength and conditioning program. But that's not where LSU's at. And they don't have a lot of depth, J.D., so they have to stay healthy. We know they've already lost Mason Smith. It was a big loss. They've been able to kind of withstand that so far. Uh, but they can't afford too many uh, injuries just because uh, of the state of the program. No doubt. Duncan Derry here on Friday morning, our live show. Every every Friday morning, 9.15 a.m. live here on all these same NOLA.com and bet.NOLA. Com channels. Uh, we're happy when you join us. Uh, feel free to comment, leave questions. And if you're listening to us on where you listen to no, your normal podcast, every major podcast platform, you just search for Datitude. We're live on Friday. We're also on, on uh, Mondays and Thursdays. We do shows as well during the football season. Uh, and glad that you're with us. All right, let's touch on Tulane and Tulane bringing in Southern Miss to Yeoman Stadium this weekend, Duncan. You got to say that the Green Wave and Willie Fritz are after last year's two-win season. Quite a surprise, and what a what a job by by the Green Wave to go out to Kansas State, a Power Five team. I know it's not a super Power Five team, but still a team that was on the verge of being ranked, actually. Right. Uh, and so the Tulane did, went out there and did it really with defense. Yeah, their defense is playing really well. Uh, Chris Hampton, their defense coordinator in his second year. What they told me, I was out there this week and <clears throat> talked to Willie Fritz and Troy Dan and the AD about their start. You know, it's the first 3-0 start since that unbeaten team in 98. So there's a lot right. of enthusiasm right now. And it kind of it snuck up on people, I think. You know, Kansas State, I agree with you. They're not, they're not a, a household name or a superpower, but they did beat Missouri the week before by about 30, I think it was, an SEC team. Don't call that uh, Zach Ewing. Yeah, exactly. Good point. But I'm just saying, I mean, that, you know, that now I think Tulane caught them. You know, I know you, you and I both know about betting, right? I mean, I think they right. caught them with a the perfect week. They came off a big win, and then they've got Oklahoma this week. So it's a classic kind of sandwich game in between two big games. And uh, Tulane was two touchdown underdogs. And I thought when I watched the game, I thought they were clearly the better team. Uh, they kind of dominated that game. It probably shouldn't have been as close as it was. Uh, credit to Willie Fritz for going for it there on fourth and one to put yes, the game sir. away. That's what you do in that situation. Uh, he'd been close before. I wrote about it this week. He'd, 
He was 0-15 against Power 5 programs as a head coach. 0-15, had lost twice in overtime, once Georgia Southern at Georgia. You know, that one had to hurt in overtime. Uh, so it was great to see him get over the hump. Now, they've got a dangerous game. I'm telling you, Southern Miss, this game. I agree. Is, yeah, you, you're, you're riding Two touchdown high favorites, the exactly. It's the sandwich game for them. I mean, they got Houston next week. Houston's not the – they were preseason ranked, and they don't look nearly as strong as what they everybody thought. But they still got a lot of talent. Easy to overlook Southern Miss. And I'm a big fan of Will Hall when he was here on the Tulane staff. He's a good old country boy coach, son, uh, son of a coach. His, I think his father is the winningest or one of the winningest coaches in Mississippi high school history. So he's been around the game a long time. He's going to have that that team ready. He knows Willie Fritz. He, you know, they're very close. So I, I think it's a dangerous game uh, for Tulane. I, I think they'll win. But if I were a betting man, which I guess I am to some degree, I, I think I'd take those points. I think I might dabble in it. I actually might take the points as well. I hate betting against Tulane, but you're right. They're basically in the same spot that Kansas State was in last week. All right, let's get to the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. And uh, are you going to Charlotte this weekend? Leave it in the morning, yeah. Not only so, that, fly out in the morning, cover the game, fly out Monday from Charlotte to London. So I got to pack a lot this week. Okay. You're going to be gone for a little while. We're going to have to figure out – Next week, uh, I told you, I, I want you to bring me some crumpets. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, I just saw the weather forecast, J.D. It's like a low of 48 in London. I'm not Oh, my goodness. That. Yeah, not happy. It's in the low 60s, but most of the temperatures are in the upper 50s. It's going to be a big shock. Well, it beats a hurricane, right? I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time to be leaving, unfortunately. For All right. We, we do have a couple of questions and comments here, so we're going to get to them and just start off with that. Uh, by the way, at the end of the show, before we finish off, Duncan and I will give our predictions what we think. We're going to give a score prediction like we do every Friday here on Datitude. Uh, all right. First off, uh, silence do good, says relax, Saints fans. Who does he think he is, Aaron Rodgers? I mean, is that is that Ozzy? Is that like a combination of – Ozzy and Ben Franklin is his picture there. I'm not sure what that is there. but uh, All right, Jerry asked, and Jerry's one of our regulars, so we, we're glad to have him. All right, Jerry asked, do you think Jameis Winston will start? Oh, we see Andy Dalton starting on Sunday. I can answer that one. That one's easy. We're going to see Jameis Winston starting. Now, my question is, and we had a question earlier, Does and, and look, I, I, I know coaches can be stubborn, and I've been the biggest Jameis Winston defender, so I'm not going to bash him. We know he's injured. We know he has issues with his back. For uh, I don't know if they're broken vertebrae or if they're no. no let's get that straight. I mean, with cracked vertebrae. Let's what, get that what straight. First of all, none of us really know, right? We have yeah. no idea. I mean, it's, he's not talking about it. So. <laughs> he's not talking about it. There's a report out there, but you know, talking to medical people this week, uh, you know, it could vary. These it sounds bad, fractured vertebrae. These could be small hairline fractures that you and I have. I mean, it's not uncommon to have. When you get to hair. our age, you get a lot of stuff. I'm saying, yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. It, it it from everything I've been able to gather, talking to people that are close to the situation, he's he's going to be in pain, but they deaden that pain on game day, and they're they insist. It does not affect him that much uh, as far as passing the football. And matter of fact, everyone I talked to last week in practice said he looked tremendous throwing the ball. 
So I'm I'm on the until I hear otherwise from people I trust, I'm on the on the train of he just had a bad game and really a bad quarter. Uh, he has seven bad missed, quarters, Dunk. Yeah, he missed some throws, but um, I'm not on the train that that his back is what's causing the problems. I think Tampa Bay's defense, which is excellent, caused the problems, and he he blinked, you know, and he can't do that in a game like that against a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, so until I see differently, uh, I think he's going to be the quarterback, and I think he's going to play well this week. I, I'll be shocked if he doesn't. All right, here's my question, though, and, and this is the question I think most rational fans have. I mean, first of all, being rational, you get you go to start a quarterback. I have no qualm. I mean, you, you start Jameis Winston, period. Period, amen. There is no thought of starting Andy Dalton this week whatsoever. Okay, so let's get that out of the way. But I will say this. If he goes at, into halftime, if it's like 6-3 to three at halftime or something along those lines, and we see the same Jameis Winston that we've seen. I mean, there's a reason why you, at this point, you get it. I know there's no such thing as a must win in week three, but you know what? It's pretty darn close when you look at their schedule that's coming up on the horizon and where, where this team needs to be if you want to make the playoffs. So the question, I guess, is if it's the same kind of performance you get in the first half of this game against Carolina and you're either trailing or it's, Three to three, or it's six to three, or whatever. Do you, if you're Dennis Allen, do you think about making a switch? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that soon. Now, I, I think if it continues for you know a couple more games, uh, I think the, the leash, leash is definitely shorter than it was because of what we all saw. I mean, those were just egregious errors, and it's less to do with the fact that it was interceptions. It's that it was that kind of game where you knew you had to manage the game. You had to play it a certain way. I mean, I compare it to a, like a tennis match at Wimbledon where you see a long rally, a long volley. Nobody's going for the winner. They're just hitting these long volleys. That's what it felt like. The, the two quarterbacks knew the defenses were dominating. You played field position. The head coaches were not going to really be very, very aggressive. And somebody finally blinked, and it was Jameis Winston. And he you have to know what kind of game it is. And, and that's, I think, what bothered Dennis Allen's never going to say it publicly, but I guarantee you the coaching staff is talking about that internally of, like, how do you make those plays in a game like that? And that's stuff we saw him do in Tampa. And so it's not like it was a one-off. Uh, this is something that's, that's hounded him throughout his career. Now, that was a big-time opponent and a big-time game. Uh, he's not going to have to match wits or outduel a future Hall of Famer like Tom Brady in the next three weeks. He gets Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, who's struggling, and then you get Geno Smith. He just needs to play, get take what the defense gives him, get back on track, and th- this team, I think, can reel off three wins like that. Okay, I wouldn't put Kirk Cousins in, the, in that category. I mean, I know what you're saying. He, he's up he, and he down. Stunk, he stunk last week in primetime, but he always stinks in primetime. He's got a receiving core. If there is a receiver, I think there are only maybe one or two receiving cores better than the Saints, and the Vikings have one. I mean, Justin Jefferson and uh, Adam Thielen and even K.J. Osborne, to some extent, with Dalvin Cook in the backfield is, is pretty scary. But we'll talk about Minnesota next week. I, I do want to talk about <coughs> you, you bring up Baker Mayfield and where the Saints are. I mean, let's look, take a look at this graphic, and this is just through for two weeks. So let's don't get – let's don't – don't get too fired up about where this is or where this isn't. Um, but you look at the Saints total offense, 17th, 
Um, so as bad as you think they've been, I mean, they're, they're 18th overall in passing offense. So, I mean, as bad as you think they've been, it hasn't been as bad as one might think. So, you know, 14 other teams have been worse than the Saints uh, in passing offense. You look at passing defense, the problem is for the Panthers, like last year, they were second overall in total defense. Well, they're ninth overall in total defense right now early on. They've been very good against the pass, and they haven't been able to stop the run. So that kind of leads me to where do we think Alvin Kamara is this week, Dunk? And I, I saw some reports of people saying, oh, well, let's don't use him if, if we don't need No, you need Alvin Kamara in there this week. If he can play, he's got to go. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's no holding Alvin Kamara out. I mean, you got to get him out there. He's your best offensive player, in my opinion. So uh, especially against this run defense, which is – as you see, what, 29th right now in run defense? I mean, they've given up some – they gave up, I think, over 200 yards against the Browns, who have a great rushing offense. Uh, the Saints showed, I thought, some really positive, encouraging signs in the ground game against Tampa Bay. You know, that that, right. that drive right before uh, Mark Ingram fumbled, unfortunately, was almost all done on the ground, where they were just mauling Tampa Bay's front seven, which is a very good front seven. So, to me – that's where this game's going to be won. Carolina's got an excellent defense. They're very fast, great speed. They're not very big. And so I think that's where the Saints start uh, pounding them up front. I agree. And so you got to figure out how, how, to, how to get moving. And that offensive line, which played much better in game number two than they did in game number one, excuse me, is going to have to figure out how to do it again because they're going to have to move the football. They're going to have to protect for Jameis. Um, Captain obvious this morning, but it is what it is. I mean, but you talk about the Panthers' offense against the Saints' defense, and although I don't think we have seen the best Saints' defense, they were certainly much better against Tampa Bay. Um, And until the fourth quarter, and you got five turnovers, things are going to happen. But you look at the overall total rank, it shows how they're skewed, because as well as the Saints played last week, they're still 17th on defense. But Carolina... I don't think this is skewed. I think they're going to have trouble. I mean, Christian McCaffrey doesn't look like himself yet. He hasn't. Now, I say that, and he'll go off for 200 yards this week. But, you know, I think he's still working his way back into the offense. And they're 20th in rushing offense. And Baker Mayfield hasn't been able to do anything 30th in passing offense. Yeah, they've they've really struggled offensively. And they're going to struggle against the Saints, there's no doubt. I think it's going to be another low-scoring game. Um, we did, we talked about that last week and we were spot on. I mean, what was it? Three to three going into the yeah. fourth quarter. Three to nothing at that time. Yeah. I, I just felt like that was a, a lock if you were a gambler. Uh, and I, I feel like it's going to be low scoring this week. I mean, I know the total is 41, uh, but I just feel like these are going to be field goal games, you know, and those, that, that's what gets you the under is, is field goals instead of touchdowns. But one thing I would say that I think could happen in this game is you could end up with some turnovers on both sides. If you remember last year, Jim, uh, the Carolina really caused the Saints a lot of problems with their blitz packages. Phil Snow, their defensive coordinators, very aggressive and creative, and that's been a problem. I mean, to me, that's the biggest issue with the offense right now is people know the Saints are struggling right now, not only with blitz pickups, but I think, frankly, the quarterback struggles when he gets blitzed. I I think that's an issue, and with if it indeed – He's not as mobile with this back issue, which I think that's fair to say. And not only that, he's coming off major surgery on his knee. He's not, he's not the most mobile guy right now. People are going to come after him. We've seen that happen now in two games. 
And I guarantee you Carolina's going to do it. The Saints cannot afford these uh, protection miscues that they've had uh, or else they're going to be, you know, facing second, third long, and the quarterback might not survive the game and may have to go to Andy Dalton. And I think likewise on the other side, you know, Baker Mayfield's not a very big guy. He's six foot, six one. Uh, he's had more balls batted at the line of scrimmage than any quarterback in the league. And the Saints, as we all know, have tall trees across the front. They're great at getting their hands up. And those batted balls can easily lead to interceptions, uh, deflected passes, things like that. So I could see that happening on both sides if, if the lines are not up to snuff to protect their quarterbacks. Duncan Derry here on Friday. We've got about 15 minutes left in our live show here. Again, after I'm done, after Duncan and I are done, I'm going to go back and uh, add my monologue and end my closing, and we'll put it on our podcast platform. So wherever you get your major podcast, uh, every major, wherever you get your podcast, major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, we're there. Search for Datitude, and you can find us, and uh, we thank you for joining us. Again, about 15 minutes left, About probably about 10 minutes or so until we get to our score predictions. Um, you know, I was with you last week in the Dome. What I, One of the things that I didn't like, that I wanted to talk to you about, I've been uh, put this on my list to talk to you about this week, is I've seen the Saints after losses, and I got a different vibe in that locker room yesterday. I don't know. I mean, you know, it was weird that Demario Davis didn't want to talk to anybody. He wasn't talking at all. Um, they obviously, when you play Tampa Bay, it, it maybe you take it a little bit more to heart, but I it just it was a weird vibe. It, it was almost like um, it was they were they were down unlike ways that I've seen them down before. Not a pissed off kind of down. It was more of like you know we weren't as good as them kind of down. If that makes any sense, I, I just wondering if you got the same vibe that I got. I know you weren't in the Saints locker room the whole time. You didn't get there towards the end, but did, did it feel kind of weird to you? Yeah, I think there's still a feeling out process with this team. I think it's still kind of developing its identity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the leaders on the team are trying to get a sense of it. Uh, we're still early. I mean, I try and r- remind people, uh, you know, their teams routinely. I mean, look at the Indianapolis Colts. I think they started one and four and one and five the last two seasons and still, you know, ended up having winning seasons. So you can't panic early on this long season. But I do agree that. There is a little bit of a, I think, a leadership void. They have strong leaders on this team, but I don't sense it from a team perspective yet. And that's probably to be expected with a new head coach, new coordinators, people in new roles that have new responsibilities and expectations on their shoulders. Uh, so I, I agree that there's a little bit of a, a, an off feel to it, but, man, it's still early, and uh, I, I, wouldn't think, I, I wouldn't want to read too much into it yet. Well, we'll say this. I, you know, you talk about leaders and you know, people all over Mark Ingram for his fumble. And don't look that that fumble may have cost them the game. I mean, when you think about where they were, and it could have been ten three Saints, and Jameis probably doesn't. First of all, they certainly don't have five turnovers if he doesn't do that. It, it could be two or one or whatever. I mean, it changes the whole game. But I, I love the fact that Mark Ingram will stand there like a man. And I got there. I was one of the first ones to him. He answers the question about the fumble, and then people are coming over, moving over from Tyron Matthew and talking to him about it, and he answered the same question like three or four times, like, a, you know, and didn't get mad at anybody and say, I've answered that already. Like some, 
some athletes would do. He stood there and he answered it every time, took responsibility for it. And so when you talk about leaders, I love that Mark Ingram is back on this team. And I think he's really going to help some of these younger guys, especially the younger running backs, you know, Dwayne Washington and Tony Jones. I think he really can help those guys. Yeah, he ran hard in that game. I mean, he had a nice run. And, you know, look, I've watched that play about three times on the replay, and he had two hands on the ball. It was just, a, just, punched just a it really out. good play by the defense. And sometimes I think we have to remember, and I know it's hard, man. You're a fan. It's your team. It's it, You look through every everything from the prism or the perspective of your team. And sometimes you have to pull back and just say, man, that was a good play by the other team. Uh, I, I've said that all along. I know no one's going to agree with me here, but I've defended Jared Cook till I'm blue in the face. I mean, that fumble, everybody blames oh, him. Oh, man. He was he didn't even see the guy. The guy was behind him. Antoine Winfield made a great play. The way I try to explain it to people, it's like a blindside quarterback blitz. You know, you blame the quarterback when he gets hit from behind and stripped? No. And that's kind of what happened in that play. I mean, Jared Cook was running. Antoine Winfield is an incredible player. I came away so impressed with him in this game. Remember he had an open field stick on Mark Ingram where like, I it was him? Early in the game, I think the first drive, Ingram broke one up the middle, and the only guy that was there left to tackle him was Antoine Winfield. That guy's a baller, and he made a great play on Jared Cook. If that is – put it this way. If that's Marshawn Lattimore or Chauncey Gardner-Johnson stripping Mike Evans the exact same way from behind, everybody's talking about how great the defensive play is. They're not talking about Mike Evans choking. You know, it's all in how you look at the play – and you look at it from your perspective, and I just felt like, you know, talking to Dennis Allen on Monday, he said that's exactly the technique we teach our defensive backs and, and players, and he tipped his cap because he knows Mark Ingram was not a big-time fumbler. See, it's now you've gone, and, you've gone and ripped off my Band-Aid and stuck a fork in, in there. I'm just I mean, I mean <laughs> that's, that's, that's a sore subject with me. I'm, I'm not a huge Jared Cook fan. That's, that's a different story. But, again – I will defend him in the fact that he did, he manned up as well. So, I mean, you know, it, things happen and the past is the past. If, if that, I still say if that fumble doesn't happen, the Saints win the Super Bowl. But we'll never know. Hey, I, so I will say this. I mean, that's part of being a pro. You, you make a great point about Mark Ingram. That's what, you know, I respect guys like Me that. Me too. Yeah, that's big time. And look, they got a locker room full of pros. I mean, uh, personally, I would like to see Marshawn Lattimore talk i mean he hasn't talked all week uh you know to me that that's something that needs to be addressed uh because obviously he was involved in a huge turning point in the game and and i'm not even blaming him but i'd like to hear what he has to say about the whole situation and um mark he could take some lessons from mark ingram on that the hell was bruce arians doing on the field anyway yeah i mean i don't think he's gonna be there in the future i bet you he's not that's the first thing i told zach i bet you he won't be there again now, I mean, he was instigating. Look, I mean, coming from someone who's covered Sean Payton, I mean, Payton does that stuff all the time. He did it all the time. He's a fiery guy during a game. He'd have all kinds of back and forth with players. But he never, it never really boiled over. I think it did in that Atlanta game when he did the choke sign to Devontae Freeman. Uh, but it never – there was way more going on than people knew because I always had my binoculars trained on the coaches – and I would see Peyton doing it all the time. I have never seen Arians do it like that. He was doing it throughout the game. Oh, he was goading them the whole game. Yeah. And yeah, then and then Evans with his just I mean, Evans needs work. I'm just gonna 
Hey, here's another thing. I was watching the replay, Jim, and the the play that Brady fumbled like early in the game. Remember, lost that fumble. Yeah. And there was like a scrum there. When you watch the replay, Mike Evans comes into that pile and starts throwing people around. I'm like, what are you doing? This guy, Mm -hmm. yeah. And everything I've heard about him is he's a great guy. He's a great pro. You talk to people in Tampa. I mean, he's revered down there, but. That stuff's out of line, and what he did with Marshawn Lattimore deserved a suspension for sure. Uh, There's just no no call for that. I got to be honest. I I didn't think it was enough. I think he should have been suspended for at least two games. I mean, he was literally – his foot was on the sideline. He was done. He was going off to the sideline, and he turns around and comes back and cheap shots Lattimore. First of all, I'm with the the fans that – Lattimore shouldn't have been suspended. That call came from New York. It did not come from the officials that were on the field. And I, and I get there trying to be as fair as possible and try to avoid anything possibly future in the game. But I'm glad they went back and suspended Evans, but that dude should have been suspended for two games. You can't come off a sideline like that and just, just blindside a guy that you have nothing well, to was, do with. He was targeting Lattimore because they've had well, of course. There's no doubt about that. Which is another I reason think, why it should have been long. I think Lattimore's mistake wasn't the initial stuff. It was when the referees, the officials were trying to clear up the, you know, the, the, yeah. the pile, and he started swinging. I mean, right in front of an official, when you yeah. start throwing, I mean, that's why he got kicked out of the game. It was, it was after. And look, I know it's a, a melee, and guys are, it's a wild in there, but you just can't throw a punch right in front of an official especially when you already were involved earlier. So that's Travis what, says that's it, what it like, Travis says it looked like Brady threw a punch at Lattimore. I don't think I saw that. Um, but Brady was definitely jawing and getting his face in there and talking about it. I mean, he was – I think he was trying to rile up Lattimore. That was the old 45-year-old wily veteran saying, look, I, I'm – you know, we've seen uh, – Chauncey Gardner-Johnson with the John. That, I think that was his way of trying to get back and say, you know what, you guys have got a penalty out of me before. I'm going to work. And say, I, I think he was just working. It. Man, they, they had he's not going to get in a fight with anybody. He's too pretty. No, they had, they had him really frustrated. And I think that's probably adds to what you were talking about, the vibe in the locker room. I think they were really disappointed because they had that game. I mean, it was yeah, their taking, and they let it slip away. And I think that probably it was just more disappointment than – than just to any other loss because of the opponent, the stakes, and the fact that they knew exactly how to win that game. And then it all came unraveled so quickly there. Uh, and I think that's that's more than anything else is probably what we felt in that locker room. Well, that gets me back to this one because I am so, I think one of the things I'm most interested in is to see, Dunk, how the Saints come out this week against the Panthers. Are they going to come out fired up and pissed off and use it to their advantage? Are they going to come out flat and mope? I mean, the, to me, the first quarter of this game is going to tell me a whole lot about this team, not just in this game, but it's going to tell me a whole lot about this team in general, I think. Yeah, well, they, I don't think they can afford to be flat because you know you're going to get a desperate Carolina team, right? They're only yep. two. They've lost two no close question. teams. They have to get a win. They've got a head coach whose neck is on the line this year. Uh, Baker Mayfield certainly going to be motivated. So, uh, yeah, they've got to come out with some attitude, I think, in this game and establish their dominance early along both lines of scrimmage because they have a huge advantage, both lines. I I expect the Saints' defensive line to be a little more impactful in this game 
strictly because Baker Mayfield's not going to get the ball out as quick as Tom Brady. I mean, Brady was basically saying, I am not taking sacks. I'm not going to have negative plays. Uh, I'll punt. You know, that's fine. Right. I'm not going to take it. I mean, he was throwing the ball two, 2.2 seconds. He was getting it out quick. And that was obviously the game plan, and I, I agree with you. I think Baker Mayfield obviously more mobile than Tom Brady, but that doesn't mean that the the edge rushers aren't going to get there. Cam Jordan's going to get his. Uh, uh, Cam Jordan's going to get his this weekend, I think. I mean, but I think that's also in half to. Um, let's see. Trav asked. He wants to know why didn't Fournette get any discipline. I'm. I don't. I don't know that Fournette really. I, I know they were John, but I don't think it was to the level of even a penalty. I mean. I'm not I think sure they that, took the, uh, you know, I think they took just the, I think they took the two guys that they know have a history there. Correct. And those guys were probably on the field, John, the whole game. And the, the officials maybe for all we know had maybe had conversations with them earlier. I mean, there's, there's more to that, I think, than just the melee we saw. Yeah. All With right. Well, part. let's, uh, I, before we get to our predictions, I want to talk about the, the defense a little bit. We talked about the Saints and where their defense is. They've been okay. Now, uh, granted, this is just two games. That first game against Atlanta is a little skewed because Marcus Mariota was was able to run against the Saints. Baker Mayfield and Marcus Mariota are not that much different. So I guess if you think about game one and how Mariota was able to get away from the Saints defense a little bit, Cordero Patterson was able to run against the Saints defense. Now, they stuffed Fournette. And they get McCaffrey, who has had kind of a mixed bag. He has had some really good games against the Saints, and then he's had some games where he's been stuffed. So you look at, at, the, at the numbers here, what do you think about the Saints' defense against the Panthers' offense? Well, I mean, they got to shut down McCaffrey, I and mean, that's where everything starts for them. I know it's simplistic, but Baker Mayfield I don't think is quite the running threat that Mariota is. I mean, I know he's run a few. He's averaging about five or six carries a game. But uh, Mariota is an excellent athlete. Not that Baker Mayfield didn't, but I think he they use that RPO system a little more just to set up the passing game more than an actual weapon yeah. in their run attack with the quarterback. They want McCaffrey to be the playmaker. And, look, they've got some guys on the perimeter. I mean, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, I mean, those guys are good players, but they've just been limited so far this year uh, offensively mainly because I think their offensive line is still a work in progress. Uh, they've tried to improve it, but I don't think it's still where it needs to be. Uh, so for me, the Saints shut down the running game, which I think is job one this week. Everything else will fall into place. But if they're getting yards on the ground with McCaffrey or if they have to go with you know, Dante Foreman or uh, you know Hubbard, um, that won't be a good sign. And, and I think that also will add into what you're talking about, J.D., as far as the energy – and effort, we'll, we'll see early on because usually it shows up in the ground game. If, if you're bringing it and you're into it, uh, that Saints defense like we saw Sunday against the Bucks, nobody's getting yards on the ground against them. Do we think we see Paulson and Debo on the field this week? Yeah, oh, yeah, I do. Well, I think here's what I'd say. I think he'll be a game-time decision. They'll work him out on the field uh, and make that decision. I think he's the only player that there's a question on health-wise, and that's an incredible place to be. I mean, I think Alvin Kamara is definitely going to play. I think Winston's going to start unless he has some kind of setback in the next day or two. Uh, so this team will be as close to healthy as you can be in week three of the year, uh, and that's that's a pretty damn good place to be. 
Okay, uh, we have come to the point of the show. Anybody who wants to make their own predictions, I'll read them on the air here. you got about five minutes before we're done for the, for the day, the live portion of Datitude. It is that time, Jeff Duncan, where we each give our predictions for today's game. And we were we both had the Saints winning week one, but we were way off on our scores. Last week, we were pretty darn close. Um, I think we were each given the Saints the benefit of the doubt. I said I wasn't real keen on my pick. I uh, wasn't super confident, but I was tired of bet- picking against the Saints when it came to the Bucks and banging my head against the wall. So this week, what it comes down to to me is – the Saints have to get off to a, a better start. Obviously, I mean, Captain Obvious. Jameis Winston has got to not turn the ball over. And the, the Saints as a whole have to not turn the ball over. If the Saints don't turn the ball over more than once, I think they win fairly easily. If they turn it over twice, they're going to have struggle. If they turn it over more than, more than twice, they're going to lose. So, But with that being said, I think it's going to be a tight game. I agree with you, low scoring. Um but uh, let me get your score before I give mine. Well, I agree with you. Look, I think the Saints try to run the ball down Carolina's throat. I think that's a two-pronged strategy. One, I think they know Carolina's a little light in the pants up front other than Derrick Brown. I think they feel like they can dominate at the point of attack. Get that running game going. And the other thing that does is it protects Jameis Winston. You don't have to put too much on his shoulders. You don't have to put him back there in harm's way for blitzes from Phil Snow. They have created blitzers, too. Jeremy Chin, excellent from the second level or third level. And then Shaq Thompson, those guys are good at coming after the quarterback. So, to me, Saints run the ball. That means the clock's going to run, which means it's going to be a low-scoring game. I, I think the Saints win this one about, uh, let me get 23 to, like, 9. I, I think they can win pretty comfortably. I'll wow. be shocked. I just don't see Carolina scoring very much on the Saints defense, assuming they bring it. 23 to 9. All right. Poppy says, oh, uh, is that the wrong one? Okay. Jerry, I'm sorry. Jerry says uh, he's got the Saints winning 28 to 10. Y'all are way uh, more confident than I am. I, I, I think that, that Carolina covers. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Carolina wins. I'm going to pick the Saints to win, but I think it's going to be a nail biter down in the end. I don't think either offense is going to do a whole lot. Um, I'm hoping I'm wrong because it's getting kind of kind of stale. I know it's only week three, but the Saints have to win this game. I think they will find a way to win this game again. If the Saints go one and two, I'm starting to really sweat my over seven and a half win bets um, because I'm looking at what's coming down the pike, and um, it's not pretty. I Because I could tell you right now, I'll give you a spoiler alert, I don't think the Saints can beat the Vikings. I really don't. Um, I don't think they match up well with those receivers. Again, I don't, I don't want to talk too much about Saints Vikings just yet and going to London, they both have to make the travel, but that is not a good matchup for the Saints at all. So this is a must win. I think the Saints do win. I think it's something like along the lines of 1917. Um, so there's a reason why the Sharps are jumping all over, and I'll put this graphic up one more time. Uh, this line has come down from three. Uh, it, it actually was three and a half. The look-ahead line, I think, was three and a half or four. Um, and the Saints... Now, this two-and-a-half is a, is a minus-120 bet if you want to bet on Carolina. So you have to give juice if you're betting on – I'm sorry, it's minus-120 on the Saints. So you could still bet Carolina at plus-three at plus one at minus-120. So 
you got to give extra juice to get that half a point either way. So it's really on the borderline of two and a half and three. But the Sharps have been all over Carolina this week. And actually, there are more, there's more money, there's more tickets on Carolina. So I, think, I, I like your pick. I do think this could be another Will Lutz game winner game. I think yeah, I can I, see that. I think the kicking game's a big, big this week. Blake Gilligan, Will Lutz give the Saints, I think, an advantage there. And I could see it very similar to how we saw last week. Maybe not quite as extreme, 3 nothing, 3-3, but similar to you're playing field position, you don't want to make mistakes, right? and you're, you're happy to punt on third down, fourth down. <laughs> and they have to be. And I hope Dennis Allen, I said it in the beginning, again, I've been one of the biggest Jameis defenders the, the past year and a half there's, there can be. But if he stinks it up the first quarter or, or two quarters, I really hope Dennis Allen's willing to make a switch. And I know it's not like Jameis Winston, some rookie or or a second-year guy who's it's going to take a blow to his confidence. I think he could still come back and be okay. But this team has to win this game, and whatever they need to do to win it, they got to do it. But got to stop McCaffrey, and you got to be able to hold on to the football. They can do that, the Saints will win. Yeah, and I tell you, the, the, the thing I've heard about Jameis's back, the thing that they're worried about is less to do with what I said earlier, his – throwing mechanics and things like that. They're worried about him taking a hit. And that's why he's got a flat jacket sense. protection. I know he's wearing some special protection there. Uh, they were worried, especially in that Bucks game, about like Vita Vea, one of those big guys, Akeem Hicks, landing on him. And right. then that exacerbating the injury uh, for, for longer. So they're going to be, I think, extra uh, you know, cautious with how they run this offense and exposing him to a hit. So that's why I think it plays in more to them being conservative offensively. And they're going to take their shots. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is a team that I think they can beat. They score in the low 20s. I'll, I'll be shocked if they, they don't win if they get to that point. Well, I will say this. I hope your score is, is on and mine is, is further off. I don't, want to, I don't want to be right like I was right in week one. I don't want it to come down. To Will Lutz, I mean, let's be frank. This this shows way more interesting when the Saints win than when the Saints lose. So we're we're definitely uh, we want our people to come back, and we hope you come back next Friday live at nine fifteen a.m. Dunk is going to find you are going to you going to are you going to be able to do it? Have you looked at your schedule? You're going to yeah. Be I mean, we'll we'll figure it out. I mean, I'll definitely do it. Uh, let's let's plan on it. But I just need to see the practice schedule. And how it translates to the you know six hour time change, but I think we should be okay. So Dunk will be in the middle. You know he'll be all the way past lunch by the time we come on live next week. He's gonna bring us all. I, I think he's promised. He's bringing everyone crumpets. You'll have to supply your own tea. Crumpets for everyone. Maybe some shortbread. I'm a big shortbread guy. All right, shortbread. I'm a shortbread guy. If it's got carbs in it, I like it. So. <laughs> We'll, we'll do that as well. Uh, but uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. And, Dunk, I know you got a long week coming up. We'll let you go. And uh, looking forward to talking to you in London. Yeah, I'll be across the pond, mate. <laughs> and I will be here in Mandeville. So that's how that works. How does that work? Dunk gets all the good assignments. He's going across the pond to London. And I get to stay in Mandeville. Ugh. Well... I will say this. Um, it felt good to be back in the Dome again last last week. Um, I did get to cover a couple games last year, and looks like I'm going to be doing a lot more this year. So, in fact, uh, they were even talking about 
potentially sending me on the road one or two games. I mean, it's, it's fun to be part of it again. Um, all the while still doing my high school stuff on Friday nights, in fact. If you're listening to this, you can see me or hear me, at least, with my partner Jim Rapier tonight. Um, Varsity Sports Now, I will be broadcasting the De La Salle at St. Charles game. That will be a fun one, for sure. We'll see if De La Salle can get anything going against that St. Charles defense. That should be a lot of fun. Again, uh, you can see you got high school tonight. you got LSU and Tulane tomorrow. Saints, Panthers on Sunday. How are we going to feel when this weekend's over? You know, last week we talked about if we could get one and one, if LSU or the Saints could win, we'd, we'd feel pretty good. And then I kind of lied. I came into Monday morning. I didn't feel real good. Uh, the way the Saints kind of let that one go. So this week, how about a 3-0 clean, sw- clean sweep? Tulane to beat Southern Miss, LSU to beat New Mexico, Saints to beat the Panthers. Look, even if they make a sweat, even if it's another Will Lutz game winner, whatever they got to do, win the game. Whether you don't cover or cover, I'm not touching this game with a stick. So I could care less. I mean, honestly, how the Saints win, just win it. Make it interesting next week. Make, it, make us have, you know, we want some good shows. And I know this. There's a lot going on this weekend. I don't know about you guys, so I don't know if I could say everybody's working for the weekend, but I know that I'm working for the weekend and doing double duty with my wife out of town on a work trip. Um, so I'm doing daddy duty and paper duty. Uh, that didn't sound very good right there. Newspaper duty, how's that? Uh, is there? Yes, there is still a newspaper, Virginia. You can still pick it up. Please do. Time speaking in the advocate at your local newsstand. Datitude Podcast. Here, wherever you find your podcast. We're having fun with it. And then I buy you bet shows on bet.nola.com on Mondays and Thursdays. Again, I want to thank you so much for being a part of this year-long journey. It has been a lot of fun, and hopefully we have a lot more in us. And I know we're going to be back on Monday. So you can join us then as we wrap up Saints-Panthers. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. I hope you're not working for the weekend. I'll do it for everybody else. How's that? Okay? We will talk to you on Monday. Everyone have a great one. Peace and love, my friends. Everybody needs a second chance. Oh, you want a piece of my heart?